Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation. Welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you. Coach Mike should be along here in a little while, we hope. Our guest's running a little bit late, but for... Those of you wondering where some professional wrestling will be in the next few days. Tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena, 1151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis, Indiana. FGW at Hamilton, Ohio. POW in Kaiser, Oregon. PPW in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena. And SOS in Tacoma, Washington. Tomorrow night, NWP where you can find myself in Vaughn, Washington, New Era Wrestling in Shelbyville, Indiana, FQW in San Francisco, California, SFCW in Monroe, Georgia, CSW in Colorado Springs, Colorado, AQW in Bucharest, Ohio, LXW in Fresno, California, AACW in Kokomo, Indiana, IPW in Muncie, Indiana, EW, which is Evolution Wrestling in Lucerne, Indiana, TCW in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena, PWA in Springfield, Illinois, BPW in Owensboro, Kentucky, TSW in Jellicoe, Tennessee, NWF in Mount Orb, Ohio, and Pro Wrestling King happening tomorrow in South Bend, Indiana. There's a lot out there this week, tons of shows, so go find yourself some local wrestling where it may be near you. Go out there and support. As I said, you can find me at the Northwest Pro Show in Vaughn, Washington. That's going to feature our own Taekwondo Randy Zellers. Also, our own J.B. Moonshine going up for the championship tomorrow against J.D. Masson. So make sure you join us if you are near us. SOS Wrestling happening. Lots of Pacific Northwest faces in a very entertaining alternative style pro wrestling. So get out there support that if you're near Tacoma. Our guest, as I said, running a little bit late so, as we await our guest, I will play a bit of interlude as we wait for our guest. And hopefully the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite part of social media is reading a post. Coach Mike Jones. All right. We will be back after the brief musical hiatus. <laughs>
back after a brief musical interlude. We still have a few minutes left before our guest will be able to join us. He's looking for a quiet place, coach on assignment, so I will try one more musical interlude, something for your listening pleasure as we await our guest's arrival. Here we go. to show up today, so while we wait, hopefully he will call in any moment, and I shall pick up a brand new book from the shelf and read to you the fine listeners. I will choose Listen, You Pencil Neck Geeks by Classy Freddie Blassie. I will go to page 150. Here we go. Even if Miego had asked Taboot what happened when you got in the ring. Heck, I wouldn't have been able to explain anything. She understood English, but not that well. How would I even begin to describe shoots and works and cave baby? Where would I start describing the way our business grew into what it did with characters like Ed Strangler Lewis, Jack Pfeffer, and Gorgeous George? Luckily, Miego was young enough to adjust to my lifestyle and accept that the other members of the wrestling fraternity were my family. I sometimes wonder what it would have been like to trade places with Miego, have a stranger take you to another country and basically force you to adapt to that culture, to tell you the person who 
and playing the best in everything. She eventually became a hairdresser and joined a church where the there were other Asian people she could befriend. No matter how difficult it was for her in the United States, she didn't ask anything of me. All she seemed to care about was that I was comfortable when I came home from the arena all bruised up. I was also impressed by Mieko's intelligence. Ask me about wrestling and I can talk for hours, but in other areas, I'm not the quickest guy on the uptake. Mieko would read about different subjects and educate me about them. She was smart as well as beautiful. Okay, now while I contact the guest to make sure he's on the way, I will do yet another musical interlude. Here we go. I believe our guest has joined us here. Let's bring him on the air right away. We are delighted to have with us today D-Ray 3000. Sir, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Jason, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing very, very well. Now, since today's your first time with us on our show, I want to start you out today with our traditional first-timer question what led to you getting into this crazy business of professional wrestling? Ha, that ain't a that ain't a easy answer. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a story. You know, I'm guessing that's what we're here for, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, okay. My wanting to get into wrestling is uh, you know, I was you know when I was a kid, my cousins they were older than me, and they would uh, you know. Always he beating on me, doing all this crazy stuff, and I don't know what the hell is going on, you know. And they're telling me, oh, this is wrestling, this is wrestling. I'm like, what's what this? So I'm sitting there. Of course, I want to be like, you know, over. I'm sitting there watching wrestling with him, and I liked it. It was cool. And, you know, but eventually I got annoyed by the one hour at WWF Superstars. And, and stuff, stuff. I'm like, oh, what's up, Jason? I always kind of liked it. It was, you know, it was like a little hobby, something cool to do. But, um. Um, when I was uh, when I was nine years old, my stepfather, you know, he got some tickets to go to WWE show, and you know, just something to do, you know. And I'm like, okay, cool, yeah. You know. And after that, I mean, I fell in love. You know, the the, the the spectacle of it all. You know, that that's what made me fall in love with wrestling. That's that 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 day. That's what I said. This is what I want to do right here. So that's pretty much. What got me wanting to get into pro wrestling, it's been like that ever since, since I was nine years old. That's all I ever thought about. That's all I ever wanted to do. That's, you know, live, breathe, sleep, wrestling, 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 24-7. Now, do the same cousins that helped you discover and get into wrestling come out to the matches and watch you perform as someone in the business? Oh, one of them, I believe, yeah, one of them has. One of them has. When I, my, my very first match, 
you know, um, damn, 22 years ago last month, September 9th, 2000. Um, I had most all my family there, but, uh, you know, cause they wanted to show support. But uh, one of my cousins that I grew up with, yeah, he, he was there. Now, one of the... One of the great things about our business is at the independent level especially, we get to interact with the fans and sign autographs and take pictures and so forth and so on. You had your family there that first night, but do you remember the first time that a fan that you didn't really know came up to you and they wanted to have a minute of your time, get an autograph, take a picture? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, which I, I kind of thought, you know, like, wow, this is cool, because that never happened before, I think it was like my third or fourth match in, and I'm out there, you know, and somebody says, did you have your autograph, he was like, how long have you been wrestling, and, you know, we're, 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 you know, and this is a child, so of course they're asking me, like, do you, do you know The Rock, do you know Stone Cold, do you know DX, stuff like that, you know, which I, it kind of made me chuckle, because that's the exact kind of thing I would have done. You know, you know, um, if you know, if I was a, a little boy going up to any wrestler, you know, so that 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 was you know the first time that happened uh, for third or fourth match. Now I'm sure at the time you didn't know personally DX or The Rock or people like that, but you eventually did make it to the WWE for. Uh, few times what was it like the first time you go into a company like that that you'd watched for so long as a fan and got asked about as an independent wrestler and there you are working for that company well the very first time I actually been up to the WWE I wasn't um, even supposed to be there what happened was you know um, I wrestled for about a year and, and here in Michigan, and I took off to Florida, and I'm lucky enough to get with the you know, Samoans, you know, uh, Sika, Rikishi, Umaga, Rosie, you know. And through wrestling with them and training with them, uh, I eventually moved up to the East Coast, and I just uh, saw I saw Rikishi one time, you know, um, before I um, moved up, and I said, hey, you know, I know WWE's going to be up in, uh, in Wilkes-Barre, uh, PA, Next weekend, I'm moving up there. It'd be cool if I, you know, show up or something. Because, I mean, I'm trying to get my foot in the door any way I could. So, he's like, oh, yeah, man, just show up. I'm like, okay, cool. So, um, my first night I get to Pennsylvania, the following week, I'm uh, driving around. I get into the town. And um, I, I'm, at, I'm at the arena the night before, you know. So, and it's, it's wintertime. So I, every couple hours I'd, uh, you know, get up, drive around, drive to warm my car up, and then, you know, go hit somewhere and go to sleep. Anyways, next day comes, I'm seeing everything come in there. Uh, Alpha and Chief uh, Mr. show up. They get me back there, and um, he told me, hey, go get your stuff. You know, so I put on my wrestling gear. <laughs> I didn't know he meant, like, you know, like some gym shorts and, you know, some muscle shoes and knee pads just to roll around. I got my full stuff. I didn't know what to expect. And I'm like, in the moment, in all, hey, I'm, you know, putting on my stuff. And then, you know, my family's over here. This is about uh, 2001, uh, end of 2001. You know, all the guys that were there at the time and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this, you know, it's, you know, this is like everything I've been wanting, everything I've been dreaming. This is like, you know, the greatest thing ever. But, I mean, all I got to do is just roll around with, with those guys and get to meet them and everything like that. I wasn't, you know, it was a house show. I wasn't supposed to be there the weekend before a pay-per-view. But that was one hell of an experience. And um, after I got done with TNA, my very first time wrestling for them, you know, um, was was absolutely the third time I was up there, you know, for WWE. But it, being able to, to wrestle for them, it was like, you know, the, the, being in heaven of all wrestling companies you could think of, because everything you need is right there. You don't need to go anywhere. It, it, it's, I mean, anybody that's aspiring to be a pro wrestler and is aspiring to be in the big time, in the WWE, I mean, it definitely lives up to everything it is. You mentioned putting on your gear and getting ready. 
one of the things in the last probably 20 years or so that has changed in wrestling is a lot more guys wear the amateur style wrestling shoes as opposed to boots. Some people yeah. are hardline that they only wear wrestling boots. Some people occasionally still go barefoot. We saw a lot of barefoot wrestlers a couple of generations ago. Everybody has that different preference of the look or the feel or whatever it is. What do you most personally prefer to have as far as footwear in the ring? Well, it's funny you ask me that because I've, I've uh, wore boots. I've worn the shoes with kick pads. And when I did wrestle for WWE, I actually went out there barefoot. You know, that's the uh, first only time I ever did that. And that was kind of weird. You know, they take my feet up and everything like that. But me personally, I prefer, I prefer, uh, I prefer boots. I prefer boots, you know, because, yeah, you know, the shoes aren't, everybody has a preference on what they like, but I prefer the boots. For me, the shoes are just too loose. It feels more like wrestling shoes. feels like wearing a thicker sock, really. Now, when I would go train, I would put her on, you know, I used to wear wrestling shoes when I first started, you know, and trained for two, three years wearing these boots up, I mean, these shoes until I put holes in them. And after I wore those out, I just wore gym shoes after that. But as far as, like, you know, in-ring and having matches, I, I prefer boots. That's just me. Now, do you have a go-to person that makes boots for you? I know wrestling boots are something that is harder to come by still today because there's not a lot of people that – actually make wrestling boots do you have that go-to guy that is your guy whenever you need new boots well i mean there are a lot of good boot makers out there but it's very few good boot makers out there that's the difference the last pair of boots i got made was from uh bobby lee jr out of mexico and he's phenomenal if you could draw it up he can make it the guy is phenomenal uh he's there he sends you every step of the way of the process of making your boot and you know, bootmakers ask for your measurements, but he will actually, he doesn't just want your measurements. He wants you to take pictures of your measurements. So he's like one of the best bootmakers I've uh, came across. I've actually had boots uh, made by RD Boots out in Canada. They're really good bootmakers, you know. Um, my very first pair of boots was High Spots. Of course, that was just something cookie cutter, uh, also somewhere down in Mexico. And that's when High Spots was like a new thing, you know. But, I mean, there are... A lot of boot makers, but there's very few that are very good boot makers and are actually, you know, uh, have a good turnaround time and can stand behind their product. So when people ask me, hey, where can I get some boots, I recommend only two places. Bobby Lee Jr. out of Mexico, which you can find them on Facebook as Bobby Lee Jr. And then RD Wrestling Boots out of Canada. That's just RD uh, wrestling boots also where you can find on Facebook. Those are the best boots I've come across and I've dealt with a lot. Good advice. So if you're an aspiring wrestler, keep that in mind, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And tell them D-Ray 3000 <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you told us that you had that- in there with Samoan family, and they are renowned trainers because a lot of some of the top guys have trained with those. So I'm sure you know a lot of various holes and moves. Do you have a favorite hold that you know that even if you don't use it a lot in matches, it's still one of your favorite holds to have in your arsenal? Oh, yeah. I'm old school, man. The Cobra Clutch. You know, like right now I wrestle the uh, the Pro Gun D Ray 2000, not dubbed the Cobra Clutch, the Retro Bike. You know, so yeah, that's one of my favorite holds right there because, I mean, it's just it's just classic, classic. Without without having to go into a lot of details, even though it looks real simple, so much you can do from that. And anybody that's in the wrestling business, you kind of understand what I'm saying when I say so much you can do from that. The Cobra Clutch is flat. 
Now, one of the more famous practitioners of the Cobra Clutch is Sergeant Slaughter, WWE Hall of Famer. Have you yep. had an encounter where you and he faced off Cobra Clutch versus Cobra Clutch? I, 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 I could only wish, man. I could only wish. I was lucky enough to meet uh, Sarge one of the times I was up there with the, at the WWE, and he was a real cool guy and everything like that. But um, as far as getting in the ring with him, man, I, that's a dream right there. I could only wish to be able to say that. You never know in this business. It could happen a month from now, maybe. That, you might be right. I don't know. You know, never say never. That's the one thing everybody's saying. That is so true. You know, but um, that that be if I if I could do that, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. One of the places you're more known for, as far as the wrestling audience as a whole, is Impact Wrestling or TNA as it was at the time, you had a pretty good run with that company, and it was still fairly new at the time. How did you end up wrestling for TNA for quite a while? Well, when I got to TNA, they were at the end of their second year, actually. And uh, I started with them when they were still in uh, Nashville doing the weekly pay-per-view, you know, when it was still NWA TNA. And... Um, through all my travels, you know, from wrestling here in the Midwest and down south and on the East Coast, when I was wrestling for uh, Alpha, uh, Cliff Compton, he was part of the tag team Deuce and Domino in WWE uh, a couple years uh, later. But uh, Cliff Compton gave me uh, um, Bill Barron's information. And at the time, Bill Barron's was running uh, NWA wild side down south and i knew all about that because where i lived at in florida when i was down south uh pensacola florida we would get the syndication tv of uh nwa wild side you know and um i thought that was cool and i'm like yeah i love to have that you know so he passed that along to me and so at this time this is like 2003 i believe uh when i was left for alpha but uh at this time uh, or 2002, I take that back, 2002, 2003. Yeah, the years get fuzzy, but early, early, early 2000. But um, at this time I'm wrestling for Alpha, you know, this time in wrestling, when you wanted to send somebody, you know, some footage of yourself and everything like that, you know, there wasn't no YouTube yet. I mean, it wasn't no none of the Facebook and any of that stuff didn't exist. You actually had to put our DVD in the mail. You actually had to spend money to actually send something of yourself to somebody, you know. So I sent Bill Barron, you know, a tape and, and some pictures and a resume and all of that thing, and I emailed him like a couple weeks later and asked if he received my uh, information, you know, if he received, you know, what I sent him, and he replied back just simply yes. Nothing more, nothing less, just yes. So to me, I think that like, okay, well, I guess that's, you know, Another day there at the moment, oh well, and then I kept on trucking. So, I eventually moved back here to Michigan, right? I haven't wrestled in this area for a while. The only person that I, that I still knew was uh, doing shows and had a school was Scott Moore over in Canada. So, and um, and I know him, Scott Moore and Chris Saban had just got in the door with uh, TNA at the time. So I worked up enough courage, and I said, hey, Scott, can I talk to you in the office? And he's like, okay, cool. And I just said to him simply, I was just like, um, hey, Scott, I just would like to know who will be the best person to talk to as far as, you know, a possible tryout or get looked at at all with, you know, TNA. And he just said, oh, you need to talk to Bill Barons. That's the guy you got to go to. Bill Barons, he's the one who handles all that stuff. But uh, he's real busy, so I don't know, but that's who you had to go to. And he didn't know I already had his information. He just told me he gave me that name. So I'm like, okay, thank you. So the very next day, I'm emailing Bill, and I'm telling him who I am, and that I sent him a tape a year or so ago, and I uh, talked to Scott DeMore, and if possible, we'll be able to come down to Nashville to, you know, for a trial if possible, and, you know, thank you for your time, all that stuff. And uh, he emailed me back, like, oh, you can come down in April, which shocked the hell out of me. He just gave me a date right away, you know. So that, 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 uh, I was on cloud nine all the way up to that time, you know. 
And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't say nothing to nobody because, you know, those kind of things, that can get canceled. That You know, it doesn't – I tell guys all the time, you know, it doesn't happen until it happens. No matter how many times, oh, I've been up here this many times, or they've looked at me this many times. Well, if you don't – if they don't put you on TV, if you don't have a job, it hasn't happened if it, if it hasn't happened. So it's best not even say nothing, you know, just let it happen, you know. And so drove down to Nashville, had a dark match. Um, it was me, two big dudes from Texas, and I wrestled against um, Chris Saban, Jerry Lynn, and Elix Skipper. And when I found that out, I mean, I was like, you know, like, wow, you know, super nervous, terrified out my mind, but at the same time, like, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, you know. So um, everything went great. It was super fast, though. It was like a three-minute six-man tag match, how much you could do in that. You got to end, I think, maybe one time. But, um, you know, I, I said to myself, well, at least I know I could say I had a dark match with, you know, TNA. You know, that's the only thing I had going on in my head. I had no, you know, I wasn't thinking I'm going to go down there and I'm going to, you know, um, uh, you know, show everybody that, I, you know, the, that I'm the man and all this other stuff and, you know, and I'm about to steal the show. I had none of that thought in my head. All I thought was at least I could go down there. At least I could say I had a dark match, you know. I could say that much. And so everything went well. Everything went cool. The following week, Bill Barron calls me, and he says, hey, can you get down here next week? And I, I spent every dime I had getting down there the first time because, of course, this was with no pay, you know. Everything was out of my pocket. And, um, I mean, I had no money, nothing, and I was just like, yeah. You know, and I, I, in my mind, I had no way of knowing how I was going to get down there, but I said, yeah, I'll be there. And um, luckily, you know, uh, <laughs> ended up having to pay my mother back a ton of money, weren't able to borrow money from her or whatever to get down there. But I got down there, and I'm glad I did, you know, because I tell guys all the time, when you get an opportunity, take it, because you never know what that could turn into, you know, and then, the last thing you want to do is be, be beating yourself over the head, you know, woulda, uh, shoulda, coulda, you know, because that would drive you crazy. So I went, I drove down there to Nashville three times after the fact, no pay, um, and they just kept giving me, you know, dark matches and stuff. And then eventually um, they, they had me coming back down there. I'm in Kentucky on my way down there. They called me to get my flight information that day, which I didn't even know that was going to happen. But, um when I get down there, they're like, because at the time I was wrestling as John Crisis. That's the wrestling name I started with. So it's the day of the pay-per-view on a Wednesday. So Jimmy Borash uh, tells me, you know, calls me in his office and say, hey, you know, we've been thinking about it, um, you know, with your hair looking the way it is, kind of like, you know, Andre 3000, all of that. So come back with, to me in about an hour, something 3000. And I, I said to him, what's wrong with Don Crisis? Like an idiot. You know, he just looked at me and just said, come back with something, 3000 And as he's telling me this, I'm like, what in the world is something 3000 What the hell kind of wrestling name is something 3000 I'm stumped. I don't know where to start. There, and, I, I mean, I guess you can see it on my face. Raven. Uh, say, hey, kid, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, well, they told me to come up with a name, something 3000. And he was like, well, what, what's the first thing you, you lived on? What, what's, the, you know, what's the first pet you had? He's just going on and on, you know, trying to help me figure it out. And I have to, I'm, I'm like just lost in the whole thing of it. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Then uh, he just, you know, I, I walk away and um, Christopher Daniels sees me after that. And I, I mean, I, and you can, you can, I guess you can see it because everybody's asking, "What's wrong with you?" So Mr. Daniels asked me the same thing, and I said they, they told me to come up with a name, something three thousand, I don't know, in about an hour. And he just shouted out, "D-Ray!" I said, "Okay," and I just went back to him. I said, "How about D-Ray, three thousand?" He's like, "All right, well that'll work." And that's how I got the name. <laughs> that, that's how that came about. That is and fantastic. Then, uh, yeah, it was, it was, when people ask me about that, I just say the whole V-Ray 3000 gimmick was one big happy accident. I went down there, you know, I didn't think of being a comedy wrestler, or any, I didn't do none of that stuff. But the way I looked to them, 
they saw that. Just kind of like when the, when the Sheep Herders came to WWF to become the Bushwhackers. You know, they were a serious tag team as the Sheep Herders. You know, you know they, they were the serious heels and everything like that. They come to WWF. This man saw them as, you know, as a comedic tag team duo. You know, I didn't see that myself, but they say, hey, you know, you know, same thing would come out with the pick. I'll be picking my hair in the back. Before a match, and Dexter Mattel said, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm just taking my hair. Take that out there with you. Take that out there with you. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. You know, so it was all one big happy accident from the name, from me going out with the pick, and I'm just saying, be silly. So I didn't know what to do, so I used to watch a lot of sitcoms from the 70s. You know, one of my favorite shows I used to watch from, the, uh, from that time was uh, Sanford and Son. And it was a, a character on there named Woodrow, and he was a wino, you know, alcoholic or whatever. So I was just doing my best mimicking Woodrow when I go out there being, you know, this D-Ray 3000 and the people dug it, you know, and it's something that, you know, caught on for a little bit of time, you know. So that's, that's how all that came about. It was not like they sat me down after, like, one or two matches and said, yeah, kid, you're, you know, you're a fantastic wrestler, and we got big plans for you. This is wasn't in it, none of that. All, all I knew is I was having a dark match. I was thinking, at least I could see I had a, a dark match with TNA. And next you know, it turned into a job. Now, I was wrestling with them without a contract um, all the way up to when Impact started in uh, Orlando, and, uh, um, you know, at the uh, uh, Universal Studios. You know, three weeks later, that's when I got a contract. And that's another crazy story. It was like everything was just one um uh, building snowball of one happy accident, you know, and uh, I'm sitting there. By this time, they paired me up with Shark Boy because now I have to be silly, I'm, you know, with Shark Boy. So, uh, uh, do, do you want me to keep going here, or you want to ask more questions? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um. I'm paired up with Shark Boy, and we're about to, uh, with me, Shark Boy, and Vince Russo, about to go through the park to go cut a promo, just, you know, goofing off in the park and stuff like that. And uh, one guy that was uh, really good friends with Shark Boy was Johnny Fairplay. So he comes walking, because he was with the company at the time, too. He comes walking up, and he's like, oh, D-Ray, oh, man, I love the gimmick, man. You're so over. I was doing that to you know, the, the WWE, they're looking at you and Monty Brown, man. He's going on and on. I'm just like, wow, wow, and oh, wow, you know. And I'm like, this is getting better by the day. I can't believe it. So Vince Russo looked at him and said, where do you see this? And I think he said, like, the, the PW Insider or one of those dirt sheets and everything like that. So next, you know, Vince Russo, he gets up, walks a couple tables over, and there's Jeff and Jerry Jarrett sitting there uh, talking. And uh, they're sitting there talking, and um, next thing I know, 30 minutes later, here comes one of the office guys with a generic cut-and-dry contract, you know. And he's going over with me, with it with me, and I'm just like, wow, I can't believe what I just heard. So I, all that's going on in my head is, as he's explaining this contract is, I can either sign this contract that's right in front of me, or I can go off this rumor that WWE's interested in me. And I'm just, and all I'm hearing when he's talking is just like Charlie Brown cartoon when the teacher's talking. Wah, 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 wah. Because that's all I'm playing in my head. I can go off this rumor, or I can sign this contract. I can go off this rumor, or I can sign this contract. If I don't sign this contract, they're going to say, okay, well, there's the door. You know, and, and then I don't, if if, what if the rumor's not true? You know, I got all these things going through my head as he's sitting there going through this stuff. And, I, and as he got done, I'm just looking at him. I look at it, and I'm just like, you know what? This is real right in front of me. Uh, a rumor is a rumor. So forget it. I just signed it. Boom. That's how I got a contract with um, uh, TNA. And come to find out, Johnny Fairplay was uh, embellishing, really, because I had to go find this, this what he was looking at. Because, I, I mean, if the WD is interested me, I still want to know, you know, if this is a rumor or not, you know. So come to find out, it was a fan who put their opinion that the two only two people he could see in WWE at the time from TNA was me and Monty Brown. So that's all that was. So I'm kind of glad I did sign it because if I didn't, then, you know, I would have been sitting there, you know, like, well, I guess the rumor wasn't true. Oh, well. But 
I, I believe I did the right thing. Only thing was is it was a generic cut and dry contract. It's not like we sat down and hashed it out and, you know, I called my lawyer and it wasn't none of that type of stuff. But that, that's how oh. the, the D-Rate 2000 name came about, and that's how I got my contract with TNA. So you basically had Christopher Daniels and Johnny Fairplay to thank for some of your biggest moments with TNA slash Impact. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because a few years back I was at a Ring of, Ring of Honor uh, thing, and I actually you know, was talking to Christopher Daniels and we was catching up, you know, because I looked totally different at the time. And he was like, whoa, yeah, I remember you, man. How you doing? You know, and just catching up and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I, I got those. Those are two guys that were definitely um, influential in what became D-Ray 3000. Fantastic. Now, you talked about being kind of a comedy wrestler and teaming with Shark Boy is more of a, comedic duo, one of the aspects in our business that has become more popular over the last several years with the niche audience is deathmatch wrestling, and we see whole promotions devoted to it, we see tournaments, some guys are known to be strictly deathmatch wrestlers, where do you stand when it comes to that part of the wrestling business? Well, I can tell you this much right here. You will never see me doing it. Um, the way I came up as a fan and as in getting this business, that's not something that I really, I mean, I looked at it like because it was very different, but it's not something I was, like, amazed by. And getting in the business, it, it really is, it is, that's not anything, it, there's no art to that to me. I don't see any art in that. Now, when you would go to, like, some old school ECW they would have hardcore matches, but they were able to do it in a way where they would tease it and tell a story. You know, a lot of these times when I see footage of deathmatch stuff now, it's just guys just, just beating the hell out of each other with whatever they can and really hurting themselves bad without telling any kind of story, without it making any kind of sense. Just the fact that we're going to go out there and just kill each other or bring each other uh, inch away from death. And that it's just, in my opinion, it's just, it's, uh, it's, that's not wrestling to me. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I mean, it has an audience. It, it, people that are doing it are making money. Good for them. I'm not knocking them at all because one thing at the end of the day about this business is making that money, getting those fans in the seats. And that does draw. You know, I mean, you, you say there are promotions that are strictly death matches. Yes, they are. And they make money. And that's the whole goal of it. So I'm not knocking them at all. And, I, hey, if, if you can make a buck doing that and you want to destroy your body like that, go right on the head. But as far as I'm concerned, that's not wrestling to me, and I'm definitely not going to be doing any death matches at all. Understood. Yeah. Um, somewhere around the time frame you were with TNA slash Impact, they brought in New Jack, who is known for the deathmatch style of wrestling and weapons and all the violence and so forth. He also had teamed with Shark Boy and was doing almost all comedy in that run. He brought out the whole cans and it was largely a comical segment of the shows whenever he would be on them. Do you think that a lot of the hardcore and deathmatch guys have an easier transition to doing comedy wrestling? Or do you think it's easier for a straight-ahead wrestler that has trained all of their lives in Greco-Roman and amateur and transitioned to professional to morph into the comedy roles? Actually, neither. That depends on the person. You know, you can have guys that do deathmatches that have no personality at all. You know, that, that I know. And then you got guys that are great wrestlers, great, you know, technical wrestlers, and did, did have a collegiate background, and you get the same same thing. That's basically on the person, not on, the, you know, depending on their background in wrestling, if they will be able to, you know, um, to get out there and have that kind of match. That, that, that's, 
a person by person basis because I can know I can tell you some guys that did hardcore wrestling that are, are, are that can be in the ring and do comedy and I know guys that can't you know on both sides of both um, sides of the spectrum of, of the wrestling business so that's kind of on an individual type thing not on the background of coming up as a hardcore wrestler or coming up as a really you know technical collegiate wrestler understood what are the promotions that has had its up and down over the last few years is the NWA ever since it was purchased by Billy Corgan and he sort of rebranded it. They have been trying to make it as a national promotion. COVID really hit them hard and derailed a lot of the momentum they had. They're trying to regain it. Do you have any opinions on how the current day NWA is doing business? Well, actually, I like it, and uh, and it's you know the way they're doing business now is kind of like they're just one solid promotion. I think that works a lot better, and everybody's on the same page instead of having territorial now. Because this is the way the wrestling business now. I mean, if you had it. I mean, even before Billy Corgan bought it, it was kind of still territorial in a way, but more like, you know, franchised out, you know, like where you could buy into it. And that just didn't work well because everybody had their different views, different champions, different way they wanted to do things. And, you know, the way he's doing it now, you know, the way they have it now, I like a lot better. Oh, looks like he dropped the call, folks. Hopefully he will call us right back. Hoping he will call right back. So we will wait for just a moment and see if we get him back. Bear with us here. While we wait, I will pick up Listen, you pencil neck geek. I will turn to page 234. After that, I peer down at the menu and notice this really idiotic illustration on the cover. This looks like a drawing thing for a little kid, I told Andy. Doesn't look like much of a menu. A pretty Asian woman came by to service. I shifted my attention away from Andy and saw that she was pregnant. Looks like we have two people waiting on us. You and someone else, I pointed out. What nationality are you? Thai. I was over in your country, Bangkok, but I've never seen a pregnant Thai girl before. Come here. The woman moved closer, and I placed a hand on her stomach. I always like to rub, I said, like a Buddha. Good luck. The waitress thanked me and returned to the kitchen, looking back over at Amy. I said, don't have to tip her as much when we leave now. As always, Andy was nervous around me. He asked me what he should order, and even wanted to know if I thought it was okay if he took off his jacket. I mean, we're friends of good standing, I answered. You can do anything you want. You want to get up and dance a jig? Dance a jig. Do anything. After we chatted a while, I discovered that we both had a bit of a fixation with germs. In fact, Andy was the only guy I knew who also carried hand towels around with him. He appreciated it when I mentioned that I tried avoiding the handrail when I walked down the stairs. On airplanes, I always wiped off the armrest. You never know what scurvy pencil neck geek was sitting there or anything, I emphasized. You know what I really can't stand, Andy When people come up to me and ask for an autograph, and then they shake my hand. You know... And I just went to the bathroom, and I washed my hands, and I want my hands to be like a surgeon when I eat. Okay, folks, let's see if he has heard back. Hopefully he will be calling back in momentarily. But what a great, great interview with D-Ray 3000. Fantastic stories he has. Enjoying ourselves immensely here. And as another reminder, if you're in Tacoma, you still have a chance to get up to SOS Wrestling later today. That happening in Tacoma. 
Owl and Kaiser Oregon. And, of course, I will be at Vaughn, Washington tomorrow night for Northwest Pro. So if you're in the Pacific Northwest, you have options to see professional wrestling and all over the country. Lots of great shows happening this week. There's a lot out there. Do your research. Find yourself a show and make it out to the arena. Still waiting on word of D-Ray making it back. Anthem. I believe D-Ray 3000 getting set to call us back. So we will wait just a moment here. Also, if you're interested in the book, Listen to Pencil Neck Geeks by Classy Freddy Lassie, still available on some of the online book sellers. So make sure you look up a copy of that. Classy Freddy Lassie wrote a very good autobiography along with Keith Elliott Greenberg, who is phenomenal. So if you're a pro wrestling fan and want to learn more about the history of the sport and someone that was a massive star in such, Look up Classy Freddy Blassie's book. And still waiting here. We'll give him a couple more minutes just to see if he makes it back. Maybe he's with Coach, wherever Coach is, on assignment. That'd be huge. They're probably talking about Johnny Fairplay. Give one last little bit of reading of Listen to Pencil Neck Geek this time, age 64. Once in a while I'd encounter what wrestlers called a smart fan, someone who admired me not because he believed my gimmick, but because he understood that wrestlers helped people escape from their jobs and mortgages and family problems. And Freddie Blassie did a better job at it than mostly everyone else. My other supporters, though, were mostly misfits and maniacs. They'd follow me around when I went out to eat after those shows, when I stopped at the gas station, when I was chatting up a girl, and no matter how hard I worked at it, I couldn't lose them. It wasn't even worth my time to tell these ginglings to respect my privacy. They were too far gone. I just tried my best not to monkey with them. I had enough of my own problems without cultivating new ones. Some of these guys were convinced that if they lived to serve me, I'd go to like them. Wrestlers had a word for these characters, marks, the carny term for suckers. Unfortunately, too many of the boys used the expression to characterize everybody who liked wrestling. That wasn't me. To this day, some of my most loyal friends are people who started out as my fans. If it wasn't for them, what the heck would I be? But when people made complete morons of themselves, there was no other label to fit. I mean, you should have seen these jerks. They did things that an ordinary human with common sense couldn't even dream about. Well, it looks like E-Ray 3000 is not going to make it back. So we will wrap this up nice and neat. D-Ray 3000 still very, very, very active on the independent scene. He was at a show just last night. So if you see he will be appearing near you, definitely go buy a ticket. He's a very entertaining performer. 
You will not want to miss him if he's in a town near you. We will be back with you Sunday afternoon as we continue on with Super Fan Month. Marcus Fine will be with us. But I believe we do have D-Ray 3000 back. D-Ray, are you back? Hello? Hello? Jason. Hello, my man. You welcome back. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. My phone died. I, I didn't even charge it. I'm one of them types that, you know, I got on a charger now. I'm one of them types that have like a million apps going and never close them and the phone died. And I'm sorry, but I, I, I'm back on here with you. You know, I apologize that I remember because I was talking and I'm like, hello. Cause I remember talking about the NWA and, and, and you know, the, compared to how it is now, committed territories and stuff like that, right? Yes. Okay, well, yeah. Um, to get back to that, I mean, we still got time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right, yeah. I apologize, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, um, right. yeah, as, as far as the NWA is concerned, I like what they're doing. I've actually sent them some stuff, you know, hopefully, I don't know, because um, um, Simon Diamond, you know, um, yeah, is the guy to talk to there, you know, from what I know. And I've been sending him some things like that. And I, uh, Pat Kenny, yeah, that's his name. Pat Kenny, I was actually, me and him were in TNA at the same time. You know, real good guy, you know. But um, um, I like what they're doing. I like how they kind of got it like in a retro style because my gimmick that I do now is more like a retro style wrestler, you know, everything like that. It's a throw gun. But, it, it, it's better the way they're doing it now, like one solid promotion, because like I said, everybody's on the same page. You know, they can, you know, and it's easier to run that way, and, and it can run as well that way compared to it being franchised out. And I remember when I was starting the business, even before I started the business, that's how it was. It were franchised out groups of the NWA. I mean, here they had the NWA Great Lakes, you know, and basically if you had the money to buy in, you could buy in. You know, and you had some NWA groups that were, you know, good, and then you had others that were god awful. You know, and that hurt that that could hurt the brand. That could hurt the the, the promotion name. So now, from how they got it now, they run it like this one solid promotion. Um, it's a, it's a lot better that way. It's a lot better that way. So, um. I don't know. I mean, you never say never. Is that somewhere I might land? I hope to God so, but who knows? And I really apologize. I want to apologize again for that, man. I'm sorry I had to the call drop. I'm sitting here scrambling, letting it charge a little bit before I call you back because I want to drop again. But I'm, I should be good now. All good. No there. worries. Oh, I was telling the listeners earlier that you were just on an event last night. you want to tell us a little bit about where it was you were wrestling just last night. Last night? I, I thought there was a show last night. Was, uh, was I mistaken? Oh, you're talking about the NWCW? Yes. They they run on Thursday. No, that wasn't last night. That was uh, a couple weeks ago. But I, the, the, the next one that's coming up is October 27th. It's called Halloween Hijinks, the name of the promotion is NWCW, and you can check them out on Facebook, Northwestern Championship Wrestling, and uh, they run in, um, in uh, Berkeley, Michigan, you know, good solid promotion. One wrestler that's there that's picking up a lot of steam that's, that a lot of people know off the Internet is the Soul Taker, you know, and um, he's one of the uh, top talents there. You know, it's a good solid promotion. So anybody that's in the Berkeley, Michigan area, <laughs> And want to come kick with some crazy wrestlers on a Thursday night, you know, October 27th, Halloween Hijinks, NWCW. Check it out. Now, as we steamroll into the holiday season, wrestling fans are looking to get gifts for the holiday season that are wrestling-related, whether to give or to receive. I'm sure you've seen a lot out there. Hopefully you have some things that people could buy off the merchandise table that are D-Ray 3000 related. What are some of the holiday gifts that you think wrestling fans are going to be clamoring to get this holiday season? Well, I mean, T-shirts is a, is a always popular thing to get as far as, you know, wrestling, 
uh, merchandise is concerned, you know, a lot of the hot things that are going out. And at this time, I'll say, like, the small things are the stocking stuffers, like stickers. I got stickers, you know, trading cards, you know, buttons, and um, uh, enamel pins. Those are a little harder to get done, but, you know, I've uh, dibble-dabbled those a few times. But stuff like that would be good stocking stuffers, you know. But T-shirts is always something as far as the, the, the new uh, new gimmick that I'm doing that I've been doing since 2018, the Fro Gun, off of, um, uh, off the movie The Last Dragon, off of um, the Shogun of Harlem, show enough, you know. But I've been doing this gimmick since 2018, and the, the logo I have, I have a T-shirt of it with the Fro Gun, and that's selling like crazy. I don't even have any anymore right now. I got to get some more made up, you know. And uh, that's definitely a hot seller for me. But if anybody wants to get any of the Fro Gun, the D-Ray 3000 Fro Gun merchandise, they can definitely check me out on Facebook. You know, Facebook.com, .com, uh, D-Ray 3K. And uh, on Instagram, uh, Defunk 3000. You know, if you want to grab some uh, D-Ray 3000, some Fro Gun merchandise, that's what you can check me out at. Fantastic. Hopefully wrestling fans will open up the gifts this year and see a Frogun t-shirt or pin or a sticker sitting in the loot that they receive. But as we wrap things up today, I want to throw the floor to you. And if there's anything you would like to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything, upcoming appearances, merchandise, social medias, or favorite donut shop, anything in the world that you want, <laughs> or is yours? Well, Jason, I thank you so much for having me on your show today. It was real cool kicking it with you, you know, going down memory lane, talking about, you know, all, you know, how the D-Ray 3000 became what he is and everything like that, but anybody that's still interested in what I'm doing, you know, D-Ray 3000, the Fro Gun, all of that stuff, you can check me out, like I said before, on Facebook.com. Um, backslash D-Ray 3K and on Instagram D-Funk 3000 you know to find out everything I'm doing as far as appearances and all that stuff we want to get some merchandise and everything like that I just want to check out some cool videos you can do that too and you can go to YouTube and look up Night Nation that's my YouTube page for all matches and promos and things of that nature but the most of the, the one upcoming event I do have is uh, October 27th. just want to plug that again. October 27th, Halloween High Deep, NWCW Northwestern Championship Wrestling. You can check them out on Facebook. And uh, they're in Berkeley, Michigan, at the Knights of Columbus uh, um, every month. You know, and it's only growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's what I got coming up. And like I said, Jason, thank you again for having me, man. Thanks. Our pleasure having you here. We appreciate it greatly. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Best of luck as you continue. I got got to say one more thing. Remember, everybody, keep that cell phone charged. You never know when your phone just might die. (laughs) Good advice for the weary travelers in our business. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for being here with us. Hopefully our paths will cross at some point down the line. Oh, yeah. Best of oh, luck, yeah. and we would love to have you back in the future. Door is always open for you. I will. Thanks. I appreciate it, Jason. Thank you so much. All right, fans, if he's coming to a town near you, buy yourself a ticket. Do yourself a favor. Go watch him. He's hugely entertaining. Maybe stop by his merchandise table see what he has available. We'll be back with you Sunday afternoon. We continue Super Fan Month with Marcus Fine. And then one week from this very day on the program, we will be talking to none other than Dewey Murray out of the great state of New York. Make plans to be with us. Go support your local independent wrestling wherever it may be near you. And we will talk to you soon.